Do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game. They have many different teams with many different sports. Myself, as an LSU fan, I just got myself LSU baseball, LSU gymnastics, and LSU soccer posters to put up in the man cave. So get your posters today at the Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. LSU here. KJ, the sophomore from Dallas. All SEC her freshman year last season. KJ is going to open with a huge tuck pull, open tuck pull, and she's not going to grab her legs. Stand. Last year on bars, KJ Johnson will be next up on ball. Jenna had a 9.875. Chase Brock just before 9.8. Watch this vault for what we call the flare out. She's going to do a full twist, and if she does it her best, she opens those arms out. Wow. Look at the... She flares with her hips by opening that hip bang. Yo, what is up, everybody? It is time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers, my other mothers, Jim Cross. Jim, Randy's got the night off, but we're going to keep doing what we do because we got episode 18 titled She's Not Human. Because she's not. She's a robot. She can do it all, man. We have LSU gymnast KJ Johnson joining us. Man, I, I want to get right to this because we haven't had gymnastics on in a while, especially LSU. That's where our heart is. That's where they're like family, man. So let's let's bring KJ on with the biggest interview and podcasting this week. Hey, Jay, how are we doing tonight? Absolutely amazing. I'm super excited for this opportunity that you invited me to do. And I'm just excited to share my story with the world. You know, another side that they don't get to see on television or, you know, down in the PMAC. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're blessed to do this all the time, but especially gymnastics. Me and Daniel talk about it all the time. Um, he's, his daughter is a, a little gymnast uh, herself, and, and we talk about the difficulty of being a gymnast. It, it's probably harder than anything, and so when we get to have y'all on, we get to dive in deep about that that kind of stuff and and just find out how you are able to uh, be able to accomplish these things. But before we get into your story and all things gymnastics, we got to do a little icebreaker. And, you know, KJ, we we judge hard on these things. So, you know, don't don't blow it out the gate. We may have to cut the episode because we can't have them thinking anything negative of an LSU athlete. You know, so let's start off a little easy. You know, what's your what's your favorite musician or band? Um, favorite band. Um, please not Morgan Wallen. Please not Morgan. She, it, it, she not is a not huge Morgan Wallen. I'm, you know, sorry to say, not a huge country fan. Um, I am a big fan of Chase Atlantic. Have you ever heard some of their songs? They're very common on like TikTok, but some of their some of his songs are like "Swim," um, "Outside," "Okay." Um, Daniel, find me it real quick so I can hear 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 a play of it. You got me. <laughs> we got to be careful. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, well, we did that. Tommy Troy from Stanford told us his song, and it came out with the first four words being a, a very explicit. So that's why he says we gotta be we gotta be careful. But Daniel, tell yeah. us what you're working with. Maybe maybe something that's like not with the oh, to it. So it possibly could be a little rough. It's very yeah. possible. I also love the weekend. The weekend's great. Yeah, it's just a nice like calm um vibe when they're driving or sometimes when you're working out so you got me daniel what we got swim especially since we've early known each other one day okay so something chill does it end up kicking the beat up eventually yeah it does um, well right then, here. okay this one's, this one's called friends oh i love friends this is such a good one it starts out kind of slow but fast forward me and daniels coming in at number two we got chase atlantic friends Okay, I can get down. All right, so this is good stuff because KJ, he said the Morgan Wallen comment for a reason. Way too many guests lately. Just really love country. And me and Daniel, not so much. Not, not, our, yeah. not really our thing. I know. It's crazy. I'm from Texas. You would think I love love all kinds of country music, but not a huge fan of it, you know? Well, your routine actually has my favorite hype song because you have Purple Lamborghini. Purple Lamborghini, yeah. And so that's why, I don't know if you, did you happen to see the hype video I made from y'all from when I was there? Um, I No, I don't believe it. If, if not, I got to send it to you. Uh, I am not a TikTok professional, but I got a lot <laughs> of props on this video that I made from when I was down there watching y'all against uh, Oklahoma. And I yeah. used your song on purpose because that was my jam. Once I heard you come out to that, I was like, I got to use that. And so, yeah, when I, when you were doing your floor routine to that, I was like, all right, yeah, look, no, we, already, sure. we already think you're awesome. But now you're coming out to my jam. So, <laughs> Thank you. All right. So now so now we got past the music. You passed the music portion. We got to know, what's your favorite movie? What's your go-to movie? Um, I'm going to say The Fate of the Furious. You know, the Fast and Furious series? What number is that one? <laughs> seven. seven. Daniel, have you seen the seventh one? Man, I I don't think I've seen past like four. <laughs> yeah, you got lost in all of it, huh? Well, I you mean, gotta get caught up now. If if seventh is her favorite, you gotta and you can't just watch seven. So Daniel, your assignment is to watch five, six, and seven and get back to me. It's it's a good one. Right. I, don't, I haven't watched three movies in, in 10 years. You think I'm going to sit and watch three movies? All yes. Well, I guess you got to get sick again. He had never seen a uh, a Marvel Avengers movie, and he got really? COVID. He got COVID, so he decided that he was going to go through the, the gambit of them. Of course, you know, he didn't get through all of them because there's so many, but what you get, yeah. four, like 14 under your belt or something, Daniel? Uh, I can't even count. It's just It was <laughs> mind-numbing in my little... <laughs> 10 by 10 room that i was secluded to well kj i'm gonna tell you how old we are the first one came out when we were 16 in high school and we used to try to race our cars like they did in fast and furious even though none of us oh had fast cars then so it was embarrassing but it is, what it is. 
So for you, you know, you just talked about being from Texas. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, you're in gymnastics. It doesn't necessarily have to be a gymnast, but you know, who was your favorite athlete growing up? You know, who did you want to emulate? Um, you know, when I was younger, just always watching Olympians, um, I became obsessed with um Sean Johnson. I just loved how solid she was, and she was like very powerful when she did her gymnastics. Um, and then watching um, whenever the final four, I think it was the final four or the final five, one of the final five team with Michaela Maroney. Um, I just, I became obsessed with vault because like vault was one of her huge strengths. And um, I just loved watching her compete. Um, she seems like very fierce when she competed. Like she had a very fierce look. I remember she did like, um, this face where she like scrunched up her nose and um, she did it with like uh, Obama. He got Obama to do it with her. And so I remember that picture went viral. So she was like, you know, known for her like little thinking face, I guess, before she would go out and do her vault. So since so. Daniel, since I'm only a few years into this game, are, are you aware of who she's talking about? Absolutely, Jim. Absolutely. <laughs> he, I mean, he's that, been in that, this game a long time. He married, he married a gymnast. So that whole, I mean, that whole squad is really the the catalyst. And, and what's mm -hmm. crazy is there is a lot of really good gymnasts for for Team USA for a long time. But it seems like they ratcheted up, like, the publicity and just, like, yeah. the level of gymnastics. So Definitely. Um, All right. So this next one, and then I'll let Daniel get into his story. One of my favorite parts, you know, between following you on Instagram and seeing it and then reading a story about it, you know, I have a 2017 Grabber Blue Mustang GT Premium that I named her Mystique, and then I see you have a red 2016 SS Camaro named Tiger Blood. So uh -huh. we're basically car people. I know we. Mm -hmm. I know we're there. So my question for you is, if you could have any car, I know it's on the spot, but if you could have any car, what would it be? Purple Lamborghini. <laughs> Right up there. Oh, she's even um, got look at that. She's even got it by No, high. my room is crazy. I have a Chevrolet poster. I've got American muscle cars over here. Um I've got a Mustang Shelby poster over there. Like I just I love uh American muscle cars. Tell me um, your cars are standard though, not an ad automatic. Oh, KJ. Uh, in case somebody else needed to drive for it or something i don't know that that's actually my purpose my wife has never been able to drive my car and i love it she never will i know my mom definitely can't um <laughs> my dad i'm not so sure i think he i think he would be perfectly fine driving a stick but um no really i wasn't uh looking for anything like specific when i was you know first searching for my car i was just looking for you know uh, we were looking at used cars because a brand new one was just, you know, a little bit over my price range. And so when we found this one, it was like it was a 2016 and only had 20K miles on it. That was probably the best deal we could possibly get for around like 35K. So, well, I do. As I said, I was going to be done, but I do have a question. I did see the the picture of you on the motorcycle. Now, was that just for looks or can can you drive a motorcycle? No, that was just for fun. That's actually my friend's. Um, he had it over the summer 
and we wrote it like you know a couple of times um you know we took turns I like to ride dirt bikes and four-wheelers uh my cousins have just a huge open field right next to their house and so we used to you know up in Indiana we used to go over there for the fourth of July and I would be obsessed with riding dirt bikes and so um you know knowing a friend that had a motorcycle taught me a few things and so uh I did end up getting to ride it a couple of times but obviously that's not like a travel car it's not like you can really bring much to Louisiana with just that so I mean, yeah, I could I could bring my whole life in that car. <laughs> very very minimalist. So, you you mentioned Texas KJ when we were talking about our music um, mm-hmm. growing up there, but give give me an idea where you where you are actually from and and what it was like growing up there. So originally, uh, I used to live um, in Denton, and it's um, we moved just around a couple years ago. Uh, to the small area called Lantana, and not too many people know about it. But where I went to gymnastics is um, kind of on the edge of Dallas. It's like in Capel. And um, when people ask where I'm from and I tell them Lantana, they're like, I have no clue where that's at. So I start naming off like a few cities that's around it. So I went to high school in a um, in Flower Mound, and it's right like next to Louisville. Um, Couple minutes out from Plano and Frisco. Lantana does sound. Lantana does kind of sound like a made-up place, Daniel. <laughs> right. Just I out mean, in the country, kind of in the middle of nowhere. But I mean, I, I I I get the idea. I mean, I guess you have to use Dallas as the landmark for yeah. for the most part. Um, yeah. But I got I got a question, and I always wonder this. Anytime we have someone from Texas on, is is everything bigger in Texas? Is that true? Personalities, for sure. I would say. <laughs> I mean, I feel um, like every time we talk to someone that that's lived in Texas or from Texas, it's like the houses are bigger, the land is bigger, the cows are bigger, the cows. trucks, are, the trucks are bigger, the personalities are bigger. Everything <laughs> is like on this grandiose scale, um, but. I guess as a kid, you don't really look at it that way. You just kind of, you're just yeah. like, Hey, this is where I live. This is, this is what we do. Yeah. Um, this is where I'm from. But, um, growing up, any brothers, sisters? I do. I have a younger brother. His name is Riley. He's, uh, 16 or 17. I don't know. One of those two. <laughs> this is awful. Um, he's got, he's 17. So yeah. Does- so does Riley look up to you or is he like, oh, no. I'm, too, I'm too cool for that? No, he's in his own little world. Um, not super big into sports. Um, more in his teenage video game life. So there's there's no like part of him that looks at you because I'll be honest, KJ, when I, when I see you on TV, I'm like in awe. I'm like, you're a superstar. Like you're larger than life. Um, but I guess since he sees you every day, he's like, I, I ain't subscribing to that. <laughs> yeah, no, he could care less about social media, really. So obviously with him, you guys are, are you're you've got the athlete side. Was mm-hmm. there a push to be an athlete growing up or you just your parents just kind of let you dive into whatever you felt like you wanted to try? Um, I guess. 
so it's kind of how I got started in gymnastics. Um, I, when I was younger, I guess I was crawling around everywhere, all over playgrounds and stuff. And so my uncle uh, put me in like the little gymnastics mommy and me classes because he thought it was a safer place for me to climb around at instead of over rocks and wood chips. So he put me in that. And ever since, um, apparently I loved to hang on the bars and I liked to jump in the foam pit. So those were my two, you know, go-tos as soon as we went into mommy and me classes, instead of sitting on the floor, making a sandwich on our legs in a straddle position. So at what point do you, like, how old were you when gymnastics, it, it, it turns and it's more serious? Um, I want to say when I was about six years old, that's and, when I started getting into, uh, like wanting to do bigger gymnastics. And so I got onto this track of going through like, you know, the tops testing and then hopes testing and which was like, you know, it differs between the age range, but um, I would go and like do a conditioning test. It was a strength test. And then I would do like these routines that were, um, uh, what were they? they were like compulsory routines, if I'm saying it right. And so every, like every gymnast had to have um, like perfect execution when it came to those routines. And then when it came to the strength test, it was like, there was a certain amount of numbers for every exercise that you had to reach in order to get like a perfect score. And so um, it was um, more so on this uh, track to elite. And so I would go to like these camps uh, I would go down to the ranch in the summers and stuff like that. And so we would just train for national teams and, uh, you know, big qualifying meets. So the, the reason I asked is my, my daughter is five mm -hmm. and she's been doing gymnastics for almost three years now. And it's to the point now where I'm like, all right, I need this to start becoming more complex or harder i need her to start failing at things is that, that uh -huh. sounds kind of bad but yeah <clears throat> excuse me i i want her to start failing at things i want things to be difficult um mm -hmm. i want the level to kind of ratchet up but i don't know like i i'm i'm on that that fence of i still want her to have fun with it because she's still yeah. five mm -hmm. but i also want her to start pushing into it being more than just this fun thing that I get to do yeah so at, no, at what point at what point do you think that was for you was it like like you said six or were you older or um it was it around so like once I got into um like actually being eligible to do those types of things like get into those um types of programs I was around like seven turning eight um, so basically eight years old. Um, but I had the idea of like taking gymnastics a little bit more seriously when I was around six. Gotcha. So when you start taking it seriously at eight, you start competing with the Texas Dreams gymnastics or were you just, where were oh, you at I, that time? I was at um, Denton Gymnastics Academy um, for like 13 years of my gymnastics career. Um, and around, uh, after my freshman year, so I was, I became homeschooled 
um, in the middle of like fourth grade. And so that's when I started doing like two a day practices. And it was like, you know, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Just, you know, straight gymnastics. You get a two hour break in the middle for like, you know, lunch and some schoolwork. And then all the rest of my school would be online. And um, then around like, I think my sophomore year, I was like, I need a little bit more of an experience going into school. And so my old coaches at Denton Gymnastics Academy weren't necessarily like super supportive of me going back to high school or, you know, going back to public school in general. And so uh, when like stuff got a little bit rough between them, I was recommended like Texas Dreams by, you know, tons of other people that had gone there from my previous gym. And so Texas Dreams worked with me and then it was kind of a mess between like COVID and my shins injury. And then uh, I want to I want to I talk about that real quick. The, the yeah, shins, the shins injury. You thought it was shin splints, but then it ended oh. up being something way bigger. Like, right. Well, how, how does that happen? How do you go in and to the doctor and go, man, like I can't get rid of these shin splints and then come to find out it's something much larger. Well, what's crazy is I didn't even go into the doctor um, for my shins in the first place. You know, like I had had tons of shin pain to where it was getting to the point where um, I was putting tape around my legs and or around my shins. And whenever my muscle would flex, it would pull on the tape on my shin and I couldn't even put tape on it. It was, it was that sensitive. And so what everyone was telling me um, just by hearing from like teammates and coaches and other coaches, they were like, you can't really do much for shin splints, but that's kind of when it sounds like you, you have. And so, uh, one of the days I was training, I fell on a dismount, kind of like rolled my ankle. It was a little bit swollen, but didn't hurt too bad, but I had to meet that weekend. So my coach was like, go to the doctor, go get it checked out just to make sure, you know, you're good to go for this weekend. And we're not, you know, running off of the broken leg or something like that. And so when they took the x-rays at the doctor, uh, they said my ankle turned out to be fine, but they saw that I had uh, like a frac, almost like a full break, like a fracture in my right tibia. And so they had asked me about that and I told them, oh, I just thought it was shin splint. You know, I explained to them the pain I've been having for, I don't remember how long since I was at, you know, my very first gym. Um, and then I told them I had it in the other leg and they told me, so here is what you have. Um, you've got two tibias with some major fractures in them that if you were to take, you know, really, really hard landing, there is a, a possibility that your shins could snap and you would no longer be able to do gymnastics again. And so they gave me the other option of um, two different types of surgeries they could have done. One of them was like a plate they could put in, but I would have to get, um, I would have to get that plate removed. So I would have to have two surgeries with that, or they could do the rod that's drilled in through my tibias, which is going to help. Obviously it didn't like take away the fracture, but it made sure that my bone was not going to just snap in half. You know, it's stabilized by that, um, that titanium rod. So, but being off for like 10 months, you know, that took, you know, a huge amount of pain off of my shins. So I think the fracture, the, the break fracture, whatever it was healed up, you know, a decent amount to where I barely felt it. So let, let's, uh, that's a lot. 
a wanna, whole lot. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I want to give you like an hour story. <laughs> I want to unpack some of that. So, do you ever find it hard to believe that, based on the doctor telling you, if you take a hard landing, you could shatter your ankle or shatter your your shin? Do you find it hard to believe that that never happened? Out of all the the, the times that you spent in gymnastics doing, you know, these high risk maneuvers, like you were, you were basically doing it all on two broken legs. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy to think of that. Um, when he told me that, um, I, I didn't know what to believe really, but at the same time, like I did a, a large chunk of me did believe him because there were times where I got up out of bed and I was walking downstairs to get ready for practice. And it was like, just walking it was, I was in pain on this right shin. Um, and I was like, I basically feel like I'm holding my legs together with tape right now, but it was, it was painful. It was one of the most painful, uh, I guess it's not even really from a bad fall. It's just like, it came over time, but probably one of the most painful injuries I've had. Daniel, we've had football players, we've had UFC fighters, we've had, you know, every sport imaginable. When we talk about toughness, I mean, this has got to be the top of the list, right? Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even joking. I mean, you were competing on fractured shins. I mean, Daniel, yeah. that, would I be wrong about that? No, no, you're, you wouldn't. You're definitely the the toughest person we've had on this podcast. There, thank you. I mean, we. We had some baseball guys miss starts because they got like blisters. <laughs> and then I hey, can't blisters can be a different type of pain. I'm just saying. Um, I, I know, but I guarantee you, you're not missing a meat for a blister. Yeah, no. So, you know, I, I think how crazy this is because you talk about how serious this becomes. And then I don't quite get the seriousness till you tell me, well, I even started homeschooling because I wanted to train more. I wanted to practice multiple times mm -hmm. a day. Mm -hmm. so when I, when I hear that, I immediately start thinking, all right, you're talking about a national team. You're talking about an Olympic spot. You're talking yeah. about like, like the best of the best. So yeah. when this news comes and they say, all right, you have two options. Uh, of surgery you decide to go with the titanium rods mm -hmm. um 10 to 12 months of being out and rehab and, and you know all that what happens to olympic aspirations or national team aspirations when that happens um honestly that was um that was kind of like the game changer for me um and like obviously you know, Madison Koshin, she was able to do Olympics and then college gymnastics afterwards. I mean, SUNY leads at that as well. And so I was like, um, while I wanted to get a scholarship as like, as well as going to the Olympics and like having, you know, that dream become a reality, um, the, like coming back from the shins was, it was like, I was relearning how to walk, you know, um, I mean, they did both shins at the same time. I was like, you know, in, in my downstairs bedroom for, I want to say like two weeks, you know, barely able to move, get out of bed. I had wraps, you know, above my knees, down to my feet. So it was just crazy. Um, 
you know, to see not necessarily the dream fall apart, but like have my dream take a different path. And so um, I just kind of like took it as a, a little lesson that God was telling me, like, I want you to trust me in, you know, this path I'm, you know, paving for you. And this is like, this is the story that I want you to have in your life. And so I just had to trust him through it all, really. I mean, it's it's amazing that you can find the strength mentally, you know, and physically to battle back from, I mean, this, let's call it what it is. It's just a very adverse situation that, you know, you're thinking, and as a kid, when you think the path is one way and then it totally gets rerouted, it is very, very hard to understand why. And yeah. for you to say like, hey, I had to rethink what my what my story was supposed to be. Maybe it wasn't what I thought. Maybe it was something different. And it, it mm-hmm. looks it looks to me like this different story is really playing out like amazing. You are one of the, the best gymnasts in the country. Thank um, you. And and that's that's not me blowing smoke. That that's straight facts. That's you ask around. You ask other people, you ask other, you know, uh, gymnasts themselves and your teammates say that. So like for them to tell us that, like that says a lot about your character and this story, it says a lot about your character being able to, to come back from all this. Um, Thank you. So eventually you start pushing through and you were able to start getting back out there training you know you're back to a high level at what point and you mentioned this earlier lsu decides that they want to take a chance on you but Mm -hmm. were there any other colleges in this recruiting process when you said well i'm just going to go to college now were there any other schools that were pursuing you yeah um i had you know i was blessed uh with the opportunity to uh get letter or with the opportunity to um go and visit like other colleges and stuff like that you know that had uh showed interest in me um I think I remember like my first college letter being at uh my old gym uh I I don't know I was like in eighth grade and um my my coaches were kind of just not my old coaches weren't really on the collegiate route they wanted me to stay with Olympics, stay on that elite path. You know, they think college was kind of like more the party gymnastics. Um, and so uh, some of the schools, I think it narrowed down to two. It was OU and LSU. OU was closer to home. You know, I uh, we took a tour around there and got to visit um, you know, what their campus was like. OU was actually the only other school that I went on a visit and things like that and like went to a like college camp but I had looked into Florida I had messaged UCLA um I you know was looked at by Kentucky Illinois um what was that Nebraska Nebraska was huge um and but you're uh, mentioning the best of the best so I mean the options are great yeah no I was I was blessed with uh tons of coaches that were calling me, you know, um, a lot of them came to the elite competitions and, um, you know, 
obviously you see a bunch when you go to college camps or you go to, you know, JO competitions, you know, level 10, but a lot of them, like a lot of the best of the best colleges came to, you know, hopes qualifiers, PNG championships, you know, a lot of elite, you know, big elite competitions and stuff like that. So what you ultimately choose LSU. Mm -hmm. What was it about LSU where you were like, that's where I'm going. That's that place is, is where I want it to be. Um, really in general, when I came on my official, um, or my unofficial one of, I don't remember which one it was. Um, when I came on the visit, Jay just made this place, you know, feel like a home when I walked into the facility, you know, we are like blessed with, uh, a training facility. That's like a palace, you know, it's, it's beautiful the amount of resources, um, not just for the sports side, but like the academic side, you know, we have tutors, we have an academic center where you could just go and, you know, study and get whatever help you need. Um, you know, they, they offer a lot more than I feel like any other school really has to offer. And so um, I kind of just took that and took the fact that both Dee Dee and Jay made this place, you know, feel like a home more so than any other college. Um, and went off of those like, you know, inner gut feelings and decided that I wanted to go to LSU. Yeah. I got myself in trouble um, after y'all's Arkansas meet. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I upset a lot of people, but I, I said, first of all, I gave, I gave credit to Arkansas and their performance, but I said, now y'all just need to upgrade that high school gymnasium you compete in because LSU's practice <laughs> facility is nicer. And that upset a lot of people, but the thing was the truth hurts. <laughs> like, yeah. And so when you brought, when you brought up that practice facility, the first time I got to walk in there, I was like, wow. I was like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's beautiful there. And, uh, you know, the amount of things that they keep adding to it, like massage chairs, I would live for those massage chairs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, no, the coaches have offered so much the training and the staff like they 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 give like their full um, energy into us just to help us uh, perform at our best. And so they really yeah. do a lot here. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you get to Baton Rouge officially, you're, you're a part of the program. We talk about the amazing facilities. You're joining amazing gymnasts like, you know, Kaya, Haley, Alana, among others, um, and, and Jay Clark is the coach, you know. So when you got to campus, was there just a ton of excitement or were you actually a little bit nervous? Extremely nervous. Um, it was I guess. Okay. So in my elite career, um, I didn't really have a team. I didn't compete with anyone. It was kind of just me and my coaches. Um, and so like going, going to even like practice and like training with a bunch of other girls and just having them cheer for you while you're just, you know, warming up or cheering. Like that was, that was very different for me. It was like I had to open my mouth and speak during practice, which was not really something that I was familiar with when I was training. You know, I was kind of in my own little world when I was um, in club gymnastics. And so it was just kind of like me and the coaches don't say a word. I just go there and get business done. And, you know, um, results will show. 
And, but being here, like, and having all the support of all these other teammates, like I, I really enjoy it. Like we are so close. We're like, you know, all sisters. It's like, we've known each other our whole lives. That's how close this team is. Um, and so I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. It's one of the things I tell my daughter, she's a junior. Um, and she's, she's, in, you know, she's getting offers from colleges everywhere, but mm-hmm. that's, that's the point. It's about what you're talking about. Um, the camaraderie of her team isn't really there. They don't hang out off the field. And mm-hmm. even though gymnastics and soccer aren't the same, I explained to her that I was like, y'all need to start gelling together, getting that chemistry. I said, because when I watch these college sports, um, no matter which one it is, but definitely gymnastics, I say gymnastics leads, leads all of them. When you yeah. look at the camaraderie in the team, I said, if you follow, I said, you look at their Instagram page, I said, they're doing everything together. They're best friends, their sisters, their family. And I said, you can't undervalue that because I think that just helps y'all even more when you go out there and perform. No, absolutely. So, you know, freshman year and all around gymnast, you made an explosive collegiate debut in the season opener against Centenary, where you earned a 9.90 on the vault and a 9.90 on the floor. So what did it feel like to get that first meet under your belt? And did you feel like, you know, you performed pretty well? Uh, it was relieving, um, you know, being in there and getting ready to compete. I have never felt nerves like that in my entire life, like even competing at the hardest um, elite competitions I had, like my heart had never pounded faster. Um, But like getting it under my belt and like seeing all the, um, like all the success I had brought to the table, it like, it helped boost my confidence, but it also gave me um, this level of confidence and expectations that I felt like I had to live up to. And I experienced a lot of that this year as well. Um, I was talking to Jay about this, um, about how this year I felt like I had to match the um, the expectations or the uh, the figure that I um, I made last year or that I created last year. And so it it can be nerve wracking going into the next competition. Uh, I know last year it was definitely nerve wracking. And, you know, it's kind of just all about following your normal daily routine and what you do in practice. But I will tell you that was not easy for me to do. I was so into my head and I walked around with my shoulders like glued to my chin, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I understand. And, you know, I got to have the pleasure of the first time seeing you live in person. Um, in the top 10 showdown against Auburn at the PMAC last year, which was just electric is an understatement. You know, just talk to me about what it was like before we talk about the the meet all itself, but just a sold out PMAC crowd like that. This is electrifying. Like how amped do you get for that? Um, I, I get, you know, extremely excited. You know, the adrenaline rush is like, honestly, it's like COVID hitting you and like your body is just, you know, drained afterwards, but it, it gives me a lot of motivation. Um, I would say, you know, the amount, um, the amount of people doesn't really affect me as much as just like being in that arena and competing like for your team and with your team. Um, so like, you know, every arena is set up differently but going into the PMAC the very first time against uh, Centenary, 
was it was it was a game changer for me but you know there could be like half the crowd there versus like you know a sold out crowd and it wouldn't have really made a difference you know in my mind mm-hmm. did let me ask you this you know as somebody who was you know hopefully going to be competing in the olympics and obviously suny lee you know coming off that gold medal did that give you know you guys like an extra little motivation because it wasn't just that it was a top 10 sec showdown but there was an olympic gold medalist on the other on the other side you were competing against um you're talking about this year or last year last year last year um it was right after she had came off of it so you know it was a pretty big deal yeah well um i think we were i mean i don't really think anybody thought too much of it or that they like had to um overdo their gymnastics in order to kind of like make themselves stand out more than suni um i'm sure she got you know tons of applause whenever they announced her name and uh along with the other gymnasts on that team but I think knowing that it was a home meet for us and, you know, our fans are super loyal to their gymnastics team here, which is amazing. Um, I think we kind of knew that we were just, like, it was our house and the underdogs were, uh, was Auburn. And so we just kind of, you know, had to play it, you know, one person at a time, one skill at a time and one routine at a time, kind of like Harry Bryant says. And so I think what really got us hyped up was whenever Haley Bryant scored a 10 on vault and the crowd went like crazy for her. And so, you know, it was just hyping us up, you know, throughout the whole meet. We were just having a blast with it. Yeah, the uh, the vault was cool. And then, of course, being that we're close with Kaya and at the time she had already came on the show twice, um, mm-hmm. her floor, her floor routine hitting that 10 and us getting to be yeah. there. You sat right next to her mom. So it, it just Aww. makes it even better when you see the excitement uh, on her mom. And she just absolutely killed that routine. And then watching y'all mob her afterward. But you yourself, you know, you had um, a 9.95, which was your career high. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, how, how did that feel? Like you we're talking about, you said it doesn't matter the crowd and everything, but nonetheless, I mean, everybody has to be on their best that day if you're going to win that right. kind of meet. And so you go right. out there and, and put up your career high on the floor. So how did that feel? Um, it, I mean, it was great to see, uh, you know, a high score um, come out of that routine. I guess uh, Jay, one thing that he reminds us of is like not to let the scores bother us. Um, so whether it's a low score and we did good gymnastics, you know, judges are going to be judges. It's just all about like doing what we can and doing our best, like putting our best out there and taking, you know, everything out of the judges' hands to where they have nothing to deduct. And um, I'm kind of someone who doesn't pay a whole lot of attention to uh, I guess the score or my scores personally, or any score that goes up there, like I could be completely clueless as of what I got on any event uh, until the meet ends. Um, isn't, I that, think, isn't that crazy though? Like, it's not like a typical sports where you control like your score. Like yeah. you go out there and someone else controls what you score. And uh-huh. a lot of times like the the win and loss margin is like less than a point. Yeah. Yeah. Un- unbelievable. Like the margin for error in gymnastics is probably the smallest in any sport. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very much so. But because I, it's once you go out there, you you can't undo anything. You can't go and work harder to, you know, make another field goal or make another touchdown or you don't get another chance to, you know, hit the ball in baseball. I don't know if that's how it works, but you don't get another chance. You know, you don't get three tries of a routine. You get one turn. And if you're off by the smallest millimeter, then you make the adjustments throughout the routine or throughout the skill, you know. But that's one of the things that I think is beautiful about gymnastics, Daniel, is the one score gets to drop. So you do have that one mistake. You like you just said in, in football, you know, if you, you drop that touchdown, you know, you don't you don't get another chance at that necessarily per se, or you like to strike out. So that's one cool thing that has and you know, y'all set it up obviously with the anchor being the best person. So, you know, mm-hmm. if someone does have a bad day, does struggle, whatever, you got who you hope at the end is going to bring it home and bring it back around. Yeah. But uh, that is when my my wife became like a super fan. She was like, that girl is bad. A. She was like, check out the tats, the makeup. She was like, it was the face that you even had. She was like, she's hardcore. She's like, I'm a <laughs> fan. And so um, oh. she, she's been on you ever since. And so um that that was when that started and obviously that'll carry over into this year which we're going to talk about but you know I did want to you know shout you out you were um first of all me and Daniel big believers in academics um you know so you know first year SEC academic honor roll which is great and then obviously you were all SEC team um so shout out to you for a great debut freshman season my question would be and like be honest about it did it meet your expectations personally or did you feel like you maybe could have done you always feel like you can do better but I mean do you feel like you did pretty solid um freshman year yes uh I was very excited with the work that I did um I know uh it was always like a struggle to stick my vault every competition and that's still a struggle this year but um you know going out there and you know realizing with all the success that was, um, drawn to my attention, uh, I realized that, you know, I was doing really good in, uh, the spot that I was in and Jay kept me only on the floor and the vault, you know, competing wise. And so he thought that was like a good, a good headspace for me just because freshman year, like I was so all in my head um with overthinking things a lot of it he was telling me like I just gotta let loose but um it was a really good like starting point for me you know I thought I brought a lot to the table and um even though I felt like I could bring more I was happy with you know the amount that I did yeah and there's always room for improvement and I figured you yeah. said but uh you know from from what I read, from what I saw, it, it felt solid. And so, you know, going into this year, I got to go right right to the Kentucky meet. Um, you know, Kaya goes down, and it's clear. We just talked about the camaraderie, and I'm watching y'all on TV, and you can see it on your faces. It is it's mm-hmm. affecting all of y'all across the board. Yeah. So what does Jay say to y'all to try to help y'all focus and say, we still got to meet to win. We, mm-hmm. we got to, it's as bad as it sounds. We've kind of got to put this on the back burner and focus on the goal at hand. Yeah. Um, I mean, basically that is something, you know, kind of in words, that's kind of what he does say. 
Um, another thing that Bugs says is that if there's anything that Kaya wants us to do, it's to um, take this, you know, take this next event and, um, you know, do not get off the beam, work, uh, go into the next uh, event and like attack our routines, um, give everything we got and go full out. And um, I know that was probably like a little bit of a struggle for some of us. Um, I know like seeing something like that doesn't necessarily hit me until after the meet's over. And um, just because I get, again, like I get into my own little world. So it was, um, there was a lot of pressure when everyone was going on beam. And I think everyone was still trying to just like, you know, find themselves and like, you know, come back to the center and you know reset for that next event but I think from there from that meet and uh from Utah like we've been climbing better and better and we're just like learning more ways to deal with um the things that have been thrown at us this season so let's let's talk about you said you get better and better um you you end up like this all comes to fruition because you go to Gainesville and there's some good and there's some bad that happens mm -hmm. in Gainesville. Um, you beat number two Florida in their house. So let's start with this. Um, what's that feeling like when you go there and, you, and you, 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 you take them down, the number two team in the country, and you're like, boom, like everything hits, everything is, is exactly the way you guys, you know, practice for. Um, it was a huge, I think it was good for us to see that, you know, we're capable of that in a competition setting. And it was good for us to see all of the success that we had just put in together in the same day. And some people would call it luck, but I would call it, um, I would call it working our asses off in that training week. You know, we did everything, um, like we worked every skill with, uh, a lot of intention put into it and so uh, it was just good for our team to see that um, along with our coaches you know it puts a lot of confidence in our minds going into the next week in the next uh, team that we go and compete against next I mean the whole season up until that point I mean there were some, mm -hmm. some tough losses along the way that probably yeah. allowed you to be battle tested and ready for that situation you have some injuries along the way and then you know you just step up and and you know it's it's a tribute to the team the coaching and just the the culture and expectation that you guys have set there yeah so you know in an unfortunate event you step off a mat wrong and you break your foot yeah right? so it's crazy to me to, to read this and it's like all the things you do and then that's how an injury happens and I'm, yeah. I'm sure like you're in the same boat but um you know you're not new to adversity obviously mm -hmm. you know coming back the first time and now this is devastating to have to you know come off a huge win that the that generates all this momentum yeah. um but now it's it's put you on the sideline from at that moment it was four to six weeks so I just kind of want a, a, a idea of where you're at mentally, where you're at physically since that that moment. Um, mentally, you know, the day it happened, I was confused. I was in shock and I was just in, 
just, I was in anger at myself. I wish I could have, I know anybody could have wished this, but like anyone, uh, I wished I could have like undid that moment. Um, first off, who puts that big of a dip in a mat right next to bleachers? Like, come on now. Um, where I was mentally, I was trying, so looking at Kaya and how she's handled her injury and looking at Cami Hall and how she's, you know, handled her injury. They both have come out so positive about um, the way that they're taking their path and their recovery and everything. And so I looked at, I looked at them as like um, role models. And so I wanted to follow after their lead because I knew the team didn't need me to be dragging them down because I was upset about my foot. You know, it's upsetting. I let it hurt that night, got it all out. And I put it to the side and just realized that that happened for a reason. There's going to be tons of other opportunities for me to get back out there and show my comeback. And um, I just realized that I had a new role to play. And that was being supportive and being positive about my recovery and towards my team um, who needed all of my sharing and all of my love and support and um, all my energy that I could give, you know. So so what does rehab look like for you on a day-to-day basis? So rehab uh, has been, I guess for the first week, I could not move my foot at all. It was nasty bruise. It was swollen. Um, I was telling myself I'm completely fine knowing dang well, I was not okay. My foot was broken. Um, it was, we started off of just moving my foot around, um, applying like no pressure. I was on crutches for maybe two to three days. And then the rest, I was walking around in a boot and I actually got out of the boot today. So we're making huge progress. Um, And today we applied some pressure. We did like some single leg holds on that broken foot. Um, And then I'll just get like more updates from the doctor this Wednesday. And so the goal that um, we're hoping to hear is that he will let me start back up slowly starting this week. I know we leave for SEC, so there's not really going to be much for me to do. Um, But we are hoping that this next coming week, I will be able to start, you know, slowly ramping things up and maybe get me back out there for vault for regionals. So in your head, the timeline to get back is regionals. Yeah. So with that, give me a pulse check. Obviously, you know, personal adversity, but also adversity that the team is now facing. You Mm -hmm. get some 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 momentum against Florida and mm-hmm. now headed to this uh coming up weekend the SEC championships um you know what what is the mindset of the team and and wh- where are they at physically as far as filling the holes that you know injuries have left um you know this team has worked their tail off when it comes to being like we have a large amount of girls prepared on every event um that you know are continuing to train and get better and better on that event in case something happens and something has you know almost every meet where somebody else has to step in and so I think it's a learning experience for some of the freshmen um that 
you know, they're taking big steps of learning what it's like to step in and be under the pressure um, of being put in a big spot like that. And then I think it's also um, a learning, like a learning step for this whole team to um, learn to trust that next person that's stepping in or filling in the hole. Um, Cause I mean, I had to learn how to do that. I had to learn to just trust this team um, knowing that they're going to have my back when I'm someone who goes in on floor and vault every meet, you know, but going into SECs, um, I think seeing how we've handled this season and how we've handled all the adversity that's been thrown at us has made us think that we can uh, just overcome basically anything that's thrown at us. And so when we talked about it in our meeting today, we talked about how it's basically everybody else versus us. And uh, we're going to give like every other team that we're competing out there with this weekend, um, just a reason for them to worry, a reason for them to be timid and a reason for them to think that they need to go 10 times harder. And I know a lot of us, uh, this is like our first our first time competing at SECs based off like the people who didn't get to compete last year and along with the new freshmen. Um, so I think it's, it's going to be really good. It's going to be a great learning experience. It's going to be an amazing success. Um, and overall, I think it's, it's going to be really fun. So you guys are in session two this weekend. Is that you guys, Kentucky, Alabama, and Florida? Yes. So what are like when you look at that, like gate, like obviously, I guess the thought is more so don't worry about who's in the session. Right. Worry about what you can do. Right. You know, yep. and but that's like, an awesome session, Daniel. That is must see gymnastics oh, right there yeah. right there of course when you when you talk about sec gymnastics i mean all of those teams are going to come to mind and it's it's amazing that we're at this point um you know outside of covid and outside of like all that's going on and like sec gymnastics is on this level that I don't think a lot of people thought it would be at, and that's that's yeah. a really, uh, um, you know, tribute to you and and all the hard work that you guys put in, and and all the girls, you know, across the country. Like this is something that now has. If you look on Friday night on ESPN, it's college gymnastics. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And it's not just like, you know, random meets. It's it's the best of the best. And it's a two-block session from mm -hmm. 7 to 8, 8 to 9. I, actually, from like 7 to 11, it's college gymnastics. That's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll let Jim run you through. I, I just wanted to make sure that I, I told you, like, this is, you know, me having a daughter that is in gymnastics, being able to turn on the TV and her see other girls doing it like, mm -hmm. and watch her run around my couch and think that she's doing like vault and like jumping Aww. from the couch to the floor. And she has her own little like, uh, 
parallel bar she's swinging on like it's cool so i i, I want to say thank you for that because she looks up to you to you girls and and you know everything you guys do she tries to do oh how sweet but you know what the sweet stuff is over because we're fixing to play this or that <laughs> and kj i said you you know i was putting you to it earlier but you see this poster back there that's you on my wall you're, you're the first you're the first guest that i've actually ever had their poster on the wall before coming if if this goes bad the poster's coming down i'm sending it to daniel <laughs> you have to do something with this and so the game is called this or that. We give you one option or the other. The only rules is you can't say neither and you can't say both. You down to play? Yes, I'm excited. Let's do it. All right. Would you rather have the ability to teleport or would you rather have a time machine? Um, I want to say teleport. If you could teleport to just like anywhere right now, where would it be? The Bahamas. Solid. I mean, you can't 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 go wrong with that for sure. <laughs> all right, this one this one's for my wife. All right, <clears throat> one has to go: the nose ring or the tattoos. Which one is it? Nose ring because it's fake. Oh, it's oh. fake! Oh, breaking news! Yeah. <laughs> I'm not letting her listen to the episode now. A little <laughs> disappointed. Why? Let me ask this: Why? Why is it fake? Um, couldn't so- connect. One thing is uh, in college gymnastics, or I guess, I don't know if this is a rule for everybody, but I know in college gymnastics, you can't have facial piercings. You can only, like, if you have a nose piercing, you can only have a stud. So having to just, like, change that every meet, like, I have to change my earrings. Like, I have two dangling earrings that I have to put in studs for every meet. And so just having to think of doing another thing on my nose, that's just another pain. Uh, or just another something to remember and if I take it out you know there's a hole in my nose um, I'm not taking this excuse because my daughter has a nose ring and she takes hers out for her soccer games oh KJ 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 hers is real hers is real yeah we took her to get hers when she turned 16 she had to have no. it. all right this will be an interesting one because I have read a lot about you and I hear that in the gym you get after it and I'm not just Mm -hmm. talking about on the bounce me I'm talking about the weight so would you be the strongest person in the world or would you rather be able to fly the strongest person in the world that's what I'm talking about DB you did that everybody says they want to fly i want to be stronger than everybody she she flies every day at practice so (laughs) yeah i'm I'm gonna give her this that's a fact she does do that so you were talking about the two that you get to compete in and i already knew which your two favorites were so that's why i'm gonna ask you this question in this format if you could only compete in two and the options were floor and beam paired together or bars and vault paired together what are you doing vault any day um so you're gonna do the bars in the vault oh wait i thought it was like so so that's what i'm saying so i know you do floor and vault and so that's uh-huh. why i paired floor with beam and i paired uh-huh. bars with vault so is oh it... okay okay um oh that's a tough one actually i guess i'm gonna go with floor and beam floor and beam because just my floor routine I feel like it could give off such a fun like a different personality side 
and every like everybody loves they say they love to see my tumbling and so I love to show off like the amount of power that I have even though at the end of the routine I'm like dying for oxygen or a cup of water bless you here (laughs) KJ the sophomore from Dallas all SEC her freshman year last season yeah no no doubt and so KJ is going to open with a huge tuck pull open tuck pull and she's not going to grab her legs nope uh, open tuck pull and not even grabbing your legs That's I'm scared to grab my legs and, and I could hear a little bit of I could hear a little bit of the two in the background and that was hey let me tell you something I went to that Oklahoma meet Daniel I don't know if I've told you about this the music for their floor routine killed me man it was so boring like what they were doing was great but like lsu comes out to nothing but bangers and mm-hmm. oklahoma's was was boring this one girl's was like a <laughs> cell phone ring thing repeatedly i was like what are you listening to? you know how the girls the girls on the side will do the routine with you yeah, yeah. the oklahoma girls on the side they were like we really gotta do this this, <laughs> this song really no, I, I kid, but I I could imagine if the song was terrible, like there's no way I could be pumped up. Yeah. And they're yeah. the only team I've seen do that. So I I understand Oklahoma's elite, but so they, they gotta get more elite music to match what they're doing. But <laughs> so this one's this one's always a fun one. This is a staple question of the show. Um you can go to any concert, bucket list concert, or any sporting event. Buckle is sporting event. What are you picking, the concert or the sporting event? <sighs> um, I guess I'll I'll say concert. All right. So who are we going to see and where are we going to see them? Um, I would choose like some uh something like Coachella or Jambalaya, like you know how they have like a list of like the top 10 rappers that go all at once and like it's a huge festival uh I actually had tickets uh to Coachella and then COVID hit um so I didn't get to do that for my birthday but I was willing to go Uh I'm not like a huge fan of crowds so like going anywhere where there's going to be a lot of crowding and stuff like like a lot of people is not typically something I'll really want to go out and do kind of on my own little bubble like a space bubble (laughs) well she showed that all academic daniel because everybody else just names this like one artist and she named where there'll be like 10 artists so (laughs) well done all right so this next one i'm gonna preface it by saying there is no good scenario in this question so you just have to pick which one you would prefer would you rather be attacked by a grizzly bear or a tiger a tiger Ooh, no hesitation. Why the tiger so fast? Tigers are cooler than bears, in my opinion. So if you're going to get eaten by one, you'd rather get eaten by the cooler animal? Well, I would hope that I would, you know, come out just severely injured and I could say <laughs> I wrestled a tiger, you know. You know, the, fi- the tiger realizes that you are a tiger yourself. Hopefully take <laughs> it easy on you. I, I get you. I feel you. All right. Last question. This is a tough one. I want you to be honest with me, KJ. Don't lie okay. to me. All right. Would you rather betray your best friend or 
go to jail for five years for a crime you did not commit. Five years is a long time, JJ. Probably betray my best friend because in a couple of days we'll look at each other and we'll laugh at the whole scenario and everything will be completely fine. Daniel, it it took a few episodes to get some honesty. I mean, and it was and and it was great that it was one of our female guests. All these boys talking about I can't betray my best friend. Me and Daniel are like we'd stick the knife so far in each other's back it ain't even funny. We need to jail for each other. I ain't ain't going to jail. I ain't ain't spending five years, five months, five weeks, five days. He said he's not hitting the waiting room. I'm not even going to the parking lot (laughs) of the jail. Yeah. Not not for me. Not for me. Well, KJ, this has been a blast. It was great getting to know you, getting to hear I've your had a story. Great time. Yeah, yeah, thank you. We we definitely gotta have you back on. Um but I would before, love that. Yeah, before you bounce though, anything you want to plug or promote? Um, nothing that comes to mind. If well, anything, I, I'll text Jim for next time. Well, I, I'm gonna help you out. So the first thing I got to ask is, what is SWIG? SWIG. Okay, so it's like an energy packet. Um, it helps you focus, and it's super healthy. It's not like an energy drink where it's going to make you super jittery, and it's like got loads of caffeine that's unhealthy for you. Um, it tastes really good. It comes in like some lovely berry flavors, so you don't get like a nasty acid-like take from those nasty uh, what are they called? Spark packets or regular yeah. energy, energy drinks, you know? Um, but Swig has definitely been something that's been very different that I've tried. You know, I've tried like these 16s I've tried sparks. I've tried, you know, little, uh, Mayo, Mio, however you say it. I think those are like little energy boosters. I don't know, but Swig has definitely like stood out for sure. And the, the flavor just lasts way longer. Gotcha. Well, everybody, y'all go out. Y'all go get you some swig. I don't even know where you can get it, but go drink it. It sounds it's delicious. It's in the link in my bio on my Instagram. There you go. So speaking of Instagram, at KJ underscore Johnson 101. Or if you want to see what KJ's up to with the LSU gymnastics team, go on over to at LSU gym. You'll get to check all of them out you'll get to check her out on a random tuesday you'll get to find out how to drink swig but most importantly i need everybody to go this weekend sec championships 7 p.m sec network session two you got lsu you got bama you got kentucky you got florida it's gonna be a party everybody go check it out kj it's been a blast we wish you nothing but luck tell it Tell everybody we said good luck and go kick some ass. And when you guys win and when you get ready for regional, we're going to bring you back on and we're going to talk about it. All right. Absolutely. I cannot wait. Thank you guys so much for having me. You got it. That's KJ Johnson, everybody. If you like hearing KJ's story or you just like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, likes, hugs, loves, thumbs up, all that good stuff. We'll take it all. 
But we'll see everybody next week. We got episode 19 coming at you. We're going to be talking Tennessee baseball with Charlie Taylor. This has been the End Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.